0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Well, it's good to be back with you again. Some of you I know, some of you have not uh, had a chance to meet. You've come since I left, but that was 31 years ago. It is so good to uh, be back here with you. Homecoming is all about getting back together. It's about reacquainting ourselves with one another, catching up on what's gone uh, since we last saw each other. It's a time for some of us to get back in church uh, where we might not have been so faithful uh, in church before. We come back to homecoming to just see who's there. And it might, um, it might catch on, and you might like it, and you might decide to come. kind of reminds me of the three pastors that were uh, together one day for lunch. And one of the pastors said, you know what, I've had a real problem uh, all summer long with bats in our attic. And I don't know what in the world I can do. He said, I've tried everything. I've tried spraying. I've tried fumigating. I've tried cats. I've tried noise. Nothing seems to work. The bats are still there. And another pastor said, well, you know what, I've had the same problem. They're in our belfry, and I I haven't been able to get in touch with them. We've sprayed for them, but it doesn't seem to be working. I don't know what, the bats are still there. And so the third pastor said, well, you know what, we've had bats in our uh, belfry and our attic too. But he said, "Uh, we haven't had any problems since I baptized all of them and made them church members. They haven't been back since. (laughs) I hope that's not true of you. I hope that we're here and we enjoy being together in the fellowship of of God's people. Let me ask you a question. What do people think about when they hear the words, Palmetto Baptist Church? Out there, what do people think about, what crosses their mind when they hear those words, Palmetto Baptist Church? If God were to take a look at the work and the ministry of this church... And I've known this church since 1976 and I've kept an eye on this church and God's done some wonderful things in the life and the ministry of this church and I have enjoyed uh, being a part of that, at least in my mind, and watching and praying over the things that have been done. But would God say, well done, Palmetto Baptist Church? I think in a lot of ways He would. And perhaps uh, some ways he might say, nah, not quite so much. There may be some other things that the church might could do to make it a little better in God's sight. But you know, uh, catchwords and phrases and mottos mean a lot in our culture today. Palmetto Baptist Church, what do people think about? Well, let me just share these words with you and see what, you, what comes to your mind. Fly the, fly the friendly skies. United Airlines. Don't leave home without it. American Express. It's the real thing. Coca-Cola. Built blank tough. Ford tough. Good to the last drop. Maxwell House. You're in good hands with Allstate. Mmm, good. Mmm, good. Campbell Soup, that's right. When you care enough to send the very best, Hallmark cards, finger licking good, Kentucky fried chicken, like a good neighbor, you sang it right back to me, <laughs> the power of suggestion, that's amazing, <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking, Time X. That's, you see what I mean? You say certain words and certain things automatically come to your mind. So what out there do people think about when they hear the words Palmetto Baptist Church? Is there something that distinguishes this church from any other? See, I believe that that the church of the Lord Jesus should be that which gives people in their minds, just the thought of it, a place of hope in a hopeless world. It's where I can find hope and purpose and direction for my life. So the one thing everybody in this world needs, and yet the thing that few people in this world really have, is is hope. I believe Jesus Christ is the answer, don't you? I believe what this world is looking for, they just don't know it, is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is that which gives peace and joy and love and fulfillment and satisfaction for our everyday lives. That's why God put the church here. God placed the church in this hopeless world to connect a hopeless world with the God of hope through a gospel message of Jesus Christ. So what do we need to do? What do we need to be as God's church so that God will bless this church... As this church moves on down the road, as this church continues to follow God's leading and doing what God would have it to do. You know what? I saw a lot of people in the earlier service that I know and I recognized because they were here 31 years ago. Some of you I still recognize, many of you and most of you I don't. That says something to me. It says this church is doing something. This church continues to to reach new people for the Lord Jesus. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the future for, for, for this church. But what do we need to do to be that which God will continue to bless? To be a hope for a hopeless world. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Romans chapter 15 with me. Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 7 in Romans chapter 15 together. This is God's Word, so let's stand together in honor of it. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have what? Might have hope. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, now, some of you have heard me say, whenever you're reading God's Word and you see the word therefore, you need to know what it's there for. Because of what He's already said, because of us needing to be like-minded and, and uh, caring for others and edifying those others, it's not about us, it's all about God, it's all about them. He says, therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Father, we thank You for this, Your Word. We thank You for its... Uh, its power, its strength to us in our lives. We pray now that you will remove any uh, distraction from our heart and our mind. May we be con- uh, totally focused on, on your word and your message for us today. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. So what is it that makes the church such a unique place that it would be identified as a place of hope. That's what I hope will be the case for Palmetto Baptist Church in the days and the years to come. Well, first of all, if you're taking notes, the first one is, it's got to be a place of refuge. It's got to be a place of refuge. Uh, look at the verse 1 again. There's two words there that are very important. The first word is ought, and the second word is bear. The first word is odd, and it's a translation of a word that means owing a debt. It's a responsibility to be paid. It's the same word that's used over in Hebrews chapter 5 that describes the responsibility of the high priest, where it says, uh, because of this he is required, same Greek word, he ought to, he's required, as for the people, as also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sin. You see, it's his responsibility He's required to offer sacrifices for himself and for the people. And and so what is it for? What is it for? The second word is bear. What is our responsibility? It says that we are to bear one another's burdens. Now bear is the translation of a Greek word is bastizo, which means to pick up a heavy load. Now think about that. There are people all out there in our community who are bearing heavy loads. They are burdened. It may be financial uh, disappointment. It may be failures in their marriage. It may be problems with their children. Don't know what it may be, but they are bearing all kinds of burdens. Now listen, it's the responsibility we the church ought to, those of us who are strong in the faith, ought to bear up the concerns, the burdens, the problems of those who may be weak in the faith. that's the responsibility of the church. We ought to, we're required to bear up the needs, the concerns, the problems that those out there in the community are, are facing day by day. Everybody needs a place of refuge. Everybody needs a place that, that they know they can go to say that somebody cares. If I go there, I know that those people will pray for me. I know those people will put their arms around me. I know those people will give uh, real uh, consideration to the needs that I have in my life. Everybody needs somebody that cares. Some of the saddest words in all of God's Word may be Psalm 142.4, where the psalmist said, I look and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge, there's the word, refuge has failed me. No one Cares for my soul. In this world of turmoil and conflict, people have all kinds of burdens, and it must be the church that bears up those needs and gives a, a consideration and refuge to those around us. We're living in, here in Palmetto, down in the pastorium, down at the bottom of Tomb Street here. We had a little cockatiel. Peggy, you remember that little cockatiel. Little cockatiel and, and 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 I called him I called her Burdette. I said she wasn't big enough to be a bird. She was just a Birdette, but uh, she was a gray bird had the orange marking. You know what a cockatiel looks like. And uh, one day in the middle of the night, we heard this awful racket, fluttering and squeaking and squawking, and it woke us up from a dead sleep. And and we got up and we go and it was a thunderstorm that had had uh, a frightened Burdette. and Burdette had gotten uh, her wing caught between the bars of the cage. And Teresa went over and and she reached in and she freed the bird from the cage. And that bird's heart must have been beating 500 beats a minute. It was panting. Uh, She knew she was in trouble. And so she took that bird and she held it close until finally the bird settled down, quit panting, and just nestled up close to her. That bird found refuge from the storm. That bird found somebody who cared about her. From that point on, Teresa would carry that bird everywhere she went. That bird would ride right there on her shoulder. Went to Bradley's down here to to get groceries, went to the bank, went to pick up the kids from from, uh, school. That bird was right there on her shoulder. Loved that little bird. Fine bird. You know what? There are people out there that you know and I know Unless this community has changed an awful lot since I was here, and I don't believe it has, there are still people out there that are trapped in the bars of living. It may be that they're strung out on drugs or alcohol. It may be that they're having all kinds of financial problems, but they feel like they're caught. They're in a panic because of the storm that's going on all around them called life. Can those people find refuge when they hear Palmetto Baptist Church? To know that there's a place of hope. There's a place that will care. There's a place that will find the the storms of my life not too big for them to put their arms around me and to pray for me, to pray with me and to encourage me and to share life with me. You see, if we're going to be a place where God can honor and bless. It's got to be a house of hope. To be a house of hope, it's got to be a place of refuge. But secondly, it's got to be a place of example. What kind of example do people see when they see the work and the life of Palmetto Baptist Church? Look at verse 2. Paul says, Let each of us Please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. In other words, let us live our our lives in such a way that we will edify others, we will build others up. And verse 3 says, For even Christ pleased not himself. Listen, the church is the only organism in town that has the focus to serve as an example of people, and that focus is Jesus Christ and the way he lived his life. It was always about somebody else. The Bible says here, he didn't please himself. He lived his life to please others, to help others, to to bring joy to their lives. He's our example in how we ought to live our lives, our example in in how to live a devoted and and disciplined life, Our, our example in relationships, our example in business, our example in how to live a life above sin. Our younger generation is in desperate need of wholesome examples. Would you agree? They're not going to find it watching MTV. They're not going to find it watching the sports stars. We've been hearing a lot about them these last couple of weeks, haven't we? Child abuse and wife beating and all this stuff. Not going to find it looking at the sports stars. Not going to find it looking at the movie stars. They can't ever get any of it right. Not going to find it with corrupt politicians. Where are they going to find an example? Folks, it ought to be right here. When these children come down here, man, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a blessing to me. When I was here, I started the children's sermon. We started it right here in 1976. And, and these kids have grown up now. Camille Jenkins Russo sang this morning. She was a kid. She was in Pastor's Pals. She was in children's sermon. She's singing for the glory of God now as an adult. She and my daughter, Gina, who lives in San Francisco with her husband now, they would play the bells together, ring in the service every Sunday morning here together when they were just kids. Thank you, Palmetto Baptist Church, for the influence you had on my kids when they were almost one and almost four years old when we came here. They both loved the Lord. They both experienced the, the love, the fellowship, the example of Palmetto Baptist Church. And I appreciate that. What do people out there see? Because you see, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Folks, let me tell you something. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Him. Whose church is this? It's His church. It's His church. We just get to come here and worship and, and love on one another. And we ought to be an example for those that are watching us from the outside. It ought to be a place, thirdly, of instruction. A place of instruction. Look at verse 4. Paul says, For what, who, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through His patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have what? Hope. Our hope comes from nothing else but the power and the truth of God's Holy Word. Let me tell you something, folks. This is God's Word. I believe it from the table of contents to the maps. It's God's Word. It's it's God's truth without any mixture of error. It is God's Word. We don't have anything else that can bring hope to this hopeless world, other than God's Word. The Bible is our instruction book. And there's no such thing as a church that is a house of hope that is not centered and focused on the power and the truth of God's Holy Word. I didn't hear an amen there. That'd be a good place for an amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Sometimes you have to roll your own, you know, you just have to make it happen. (laughs) There was a pastor that um, preached my ordination sermon. His name was Porter Phillips. Some of you may know Porter and Moselle Phillips, may have known them. They did my ordination, he did my ordination sermon, they did laying on the hands. They had me down here in the front and Porter was the first one that came to me. He put his hands on my head and he squeezed me so tight I thought my eyes were just going to pop out. And he whispered in my ear very strongly Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. That's all. Now, I don't know whether it was the pressure on my head or the insistent voice in my ear, but I haven't forgotten that. And I want to tell you something, folks. I'm not smart enough to preach anything else, I just have to preach what God gave me. It's the Bible. Preach the Word. If this is not a strong Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and I believe it is because I know Brother Jimmy, then there's no hope. There's no hope for the world around us. But that comes in the way of teaching too, doesn't it? Our teachers have to be Bible-believing Bible teachers. I, have you been in that class where you come to Sunday school and, and it seems like uh, there's been no preparation at all? Uh, the only preparation that was done was a pre- the, the teacher uh, picked up her quarterly and, and the Bible where, they, where, where he or she left it last Sunday afternoon when they came home from church. And you come to class and everybody just starts sharing with one another what you think God's Word has to say. That ain't nothing but sharing Ignorance. Nobody's studied, nobody has dug anything out of the commentaries and and the, the scholars that might help you to understand what the Bible means and what the Bible says. We owe it to one another to expect better of that, don't we? Preach the Word. Be instant, in season and out of season. You know what that means? That means to preach it and teach it when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. It means to preach it and teach it when folks want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it when Jesus said it, but they, and they crucified Him. They didn't hear it like it when, when Paul preached it, but it's still the same. You see, this is God's Word, and the same message today is the message they preached long time ago. There is salvation in no other name but Jesus Christ. That's God's Word. You say, well, I don't like that. I don't believe that. Well, that's fine. You say, well, I want to go to Chattanooga this afternoon. Great. How do I get there? Well, I'll tell you what. Just get out here on 85. When you get to Atlanta, take 75. Go 75 north and you can't go any farther. and You'll be in the middle of Chattanooga. Well, that's not the way I want to go. Well, okay. What way do you want to go? I want to go I-20. I like I-20 better. Fine. You can go to I-20 all you want, but you ain't going to get to Chattanooga going that way. There are people all over the world that say, I don't like that. I don't like that Jesus is the only way. Folks, let me tell you something. I'm glad there is a way, aren't you? And Jesus is it. Now, you can try to go some other way, but you're not going to get to heaven that way. There were only two choices back then. There's only two choices now. Jesus is coming back. And those who have professed Him as Lord and Savior get to go to heaven with Him. Those who haven't are going to go to hell. The choices haven't changed. They're still the same. I don't know where you are in relationship to those choices. But I hope you've professed Jesus as your Savior. You see, there's an instruction that the world out there needs to hear. Otherwise, they're not going to have any hope. They're not going to have any peace, no joy in their lives. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Preach the Word, Paul said. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But there's one last thing. If this is going to be a place of hope, in the midst of a hopeless world, it's got to be a place of unity. It's got to be a place of unity. Look at verse 5. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded to one another. One of the most appealing things about the church is when the church is where people love on one another and care for one another. It's like family. We come together and it's like being together with a family, isn't it? That's appealing. There are people out there that that don't have that feeling of camaraderie in their lives. They don't have that feeling of family in their lives. It's all brokenness to them. Does Palmetto Baptist Church give people the feeling of family? And unity when they come here. Have you ever thought about what you might do if you only had 24 hours to live? Jesus knew He had 24 hours to live. You know what He did? He taught His disciples. In John chapter 17, He prayed for His disciples. Now I'm not going to read that chapter to you, but i want to tell you that four times He said, I pray that you will be one. I pray that you will be one. You see, He knew something that a lot of us haven't figured out yet. Sometimes In some churches, the most exciting thing that ever happens is when people dress up in their camouflage and come to business meeting once a month. That's not a house of hope. That's a house of horror. What do people see when they, when they look in from the outside and, and they see Palmetto Baptist Church? Is it a place of unity? Is it a place of family, oneness? You know why some communities have quit listening to the church? Have you ever thought about this? Why is is the world no longer listening to the church? I'll tell you why. It's because they've started looking at the church. They've started watching the church. And in many cases, they don't see anything different on the inside than what they see on the outside. Of all the things that you argue about in your family, husband, wife, children, of all the things we argue about in church, what color to paint the... Sunday school classroom. What color the carpet's going to be. Whether this group's going to meet in this classroom or that classroom. Or whatever. What of what we argue about has any eternal significance at all? Next month, who cares? Who cares? There are people out there dying and going to hell. And what kind of unity do we show when we as church act that way at times? You see, what happens is the, the world looks in and they see us getting along about as well as Nancy Pelosi and Sarah Palin. And they're not impressed with that. And God's not either. You see, disunified churches will send more people to hell than all the bars and the saloons and liquor stores in the county. We see a lot in God's Word about one bride with one bridegroom. One flock with one shepherd. One kingdom with one king. One family with one father. One building with one foundation. We believe the same Savior. We trust the same Father. We believe the same truth. We're all going to the same place. Folks, there's no reason why we shouldn't live together in unity and oneness. I pray that you will be one, Jesus said. You've seen that car, haven't you? You're at the traffic light. Just as the light turns green, there's a two-headed person in that car. They're sitting so close together, it's just it looks like one person with two heads. And he decides to, turn, to, to, to lean over and give her a kiss. Now, it's not just a kiss on the cheek. It's a slobber swapper. Okay? <laughs> Are you with me? And I mean, it goes on. They're not ashamed. And the light turns red again. Now you want to blow your horn, but you're beginning to enjoy the show. <laughs> They're not ashamed of how they feel toward one another. Now, I'm not suggesting that you turn right now to your neighbor and give a slobber swapper to them, but but listen, that'll get you hurt real quick. (laughs) But what do people see out there when they look into here? Do they see that we're unashamed of the love that we have one toward the other? They see oneness, they see unity, they see a, a family of God working together, praying together, loving one another. What are we showing to the world? I close with this. Several years ago, they were televising the Special Olympics on TV. Now, you know, the Special Olympics is for those that are handicapped, and and these children were all lined up there on the starting line. They were going to run the 50-yard dash. They're all excited. The gun goes off. And they all begin to stumble down the track. Just a few steps into the race, one little boy falls on that cinder track. He's bleeding, he's skin up all over. A little girl right in front of him heard the noise and she turned and saw what had happened. She turned around and went back. She kissed him on the elbow where he had skinned his elbow and she tried to help him up. Long story short, nobody crossed the finish line until every child saw what was going on, turned around and went back to that little boy. They helped him up. And they all walked and crossed the finish line together. Let me tell you something, folks. There are not enough demons in hell to stop a church that does it that way. What do people think about when they think about Palmetto Baptist Church? Is it a place of refuge? Is it a place of instruction? Is it a place of example? Is it a place of unity? Where a hopeless world can find hope because individuals in this church have all committed themselves to doing their part so that collectively Palmetto Baptist Church will be a place of hope for those around us. May God bless you to be that church. And it may be this on this day of homecoming that you need to make a commitment of your life. Some of you may have been on the sidelines and, and it's time to say, Brother Jimmy, it's time for me to commit myself. I want to be a tither. I want to be a supporter of this church. I want to do more. I want to be a caring member of this church. I want to show the world around us that we do care. And I'm with you, Brother Jimmy. I'm with this church, and I want to be a part of it. I want to see this church go great distances in the will of the Lord. You may have never publicly professed your faith in Christ. I would not want to leave this place to go back out in in that, that world of unknown without knowing that if I were to die today, I'd spend eternity with the Lord Jesus because I gave Him my life and my heart, and I invited Him in. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know this. God has a purpose and a place for this church and you are a part of that. What is your commitment? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence in this place today. I pray now that you'll take Satan, bind him, cast him from this place. He has no business here. And may your Holy Spirit now take complete charge as we commit ourselves wholeheartedly to you that this will be a place of hope in a hopeless world.